everybody doing tonight? How many of you guys are still singing whenever we cut the music off? Come on, let me. How many of you guys do that in the car? Where you like have it up really loud and then you like change the station and somebody like right next to you is just playing like just screaming their lungs out? Has anybody ever done that? No? Seriously? I'm gonna say that's the best thing ever, right? Hey, we're in our series Bad at Love, and uh, this is the last week. We've been going six weeks with this specific message because we, and honestly, man, I, there's so much in this series that I, I really wanted to get to that honestly I just didn't. And, uh, but I just, I just kind of felt like, you know what? I'm just gonna wrap it up this week and uh, I'm excited about this message. And here's the thing, this message doesn't just apply to your relationships. This message applies to you specifically. I think that there's gonna be a lot of you guys who maybe can have your eyes opened a little bit to what Jesus wants to do in your life. Maybe not just in the realm of relationships, but just in, in your life in general. And so we're gonna jump into some stuff here this week and uh, I'm really excited about it. I hope you're excited about it. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here. Look to your neighbor behind you and say, I'm glad you're here. Give your neighbor in front of you a high five, come on. Can you guys turn the house lights up just a little bit for me? I just want to be able to see people. All right. All right, let's focus in here. So last week, we talked a lot about God's way versus the world's way. We talked about love versus lust and feelings versus commitment, desire versus destiny. And we've been talking and focusing a lot in this whole series, kind of like what does what is God's plan for my life? What does he... What does he have for me? What, what, what is the way that he wants my relationships to go? And here's what I, I, I knew we were going to end the series with this. What happens, though, if you've already gone too far? What if you've already messed up? What if you've been sitting in these past few messages and one of them has been like, man, that's great, Tony, that, that, that's God's plan, but I've already really jacked that up. I've already really, I've gone too far physically. I've gone too far emotionally. I'm, I'm not, I, I'm more, you know, feelings-based than I am commitment-based. What if... I have already messed up. Is there a way to be able to get back to, to, to God's way of doing relationships? And here's the answer to that question. Absolutely. Because God is a God of grace. You guys know, like grace is one of those words that like Christians throw around that we like talk about at church, but you don't really use anywhere else. Like, like what, what do you think grace means? I want you to talk to your neighbor for a second and think, what do you think grace means? What does it mean when God has grace in our life. Talk to your neighbor for a second. What does the word grace mean? Maybe you can even add in there, what does mercy mean? What does it mean for somebody to have mercy? Keep talking to your neighbor for a second. Okay, so here's what grace and mercy is. Listen, I want to focus more on the mercy side of stuff. But what mercy is, is it's, it's us, like think about it in the, in, the, in the realm of like, if you have, if you're going to court, let's say you did something wrong, right? And you've got, you've got the judge who's in front of you. What mercy is, is when that judge says, you know what, you are guilty. You deserve this specific punishment. But I'm going to have mercy on you and I'm not going to make that punishment happen in your life. 
And so when it comes to your relationships, that is exactly what God extends to you today. He extends grace. And what grace is, it's, it's more mercy than what justice requires. It means that you're over, like God is overly kind to you despite of what your actions were towards him. All right. So when it comes to grace, when it comes to your relationships, if you've already gone too far, here's the really good news. Do you know what happens Every single time that we do, whenever somebody gets born again, when we pray that prayer at the end of every service, do you know what's literally happening to you? The Bible says that you become a new creation. So what that means is, is that you, all of the old stuff and the messed up things and all of that, it's all gone. Think about how when somebody restores a car, you guys ever seen like the process of a car getting restored? Like you have this just piece of trash car that's completely rusted out. It looks terrible. Like it's, it's sitting in somebody's field because it's just worth nothing. But then you have somebody who understands every aspect of cars and they come in and they restore it, right? How many of you guys have been to a car show and seen all these amazing cars, right? But here's the thing. Those restored cars didn't start in that, in, the, in that particular condition. They used to be rust buckets. They used to be messed up. Their bodies were dented. Their engines didn't run. Some of them didn't even have engines. But when you're at the car show, you never think about what it used to look like. You just say, wow, this thing is gorgeous. See, when you get born again, when you give your life to Jesus, or maybe some of, for some of you in here, when you... You, you've already given your life to Jesus, but tonight's going to be a night where you say, you know what? I gave my life to you, but I didn't necessarily surrender this whole relationship side of stuff to you. Man, whenever you give your life to Jesus or you surrender an area of your life, now it's like you used to be that beat up car. But now when God looks at you, he's like, wow, I fully restored this thing. It's full. It's made brand new. It's not even brand new. There's a lot of times I go to a car show and it's better than it was when it was on the showroom floor. It runs better because the technology's new. All that, all that kind of stuff. When God comes into your life and you allow Him, when you surrender yourself and you surrender your relationships, I'll even say it like this: as you surrender at different areas of your life, it's like God's completely renewing that whole thing. He's not just patching it up and putting a little spray paint on it and, you know, making it to where it just gets by. No, he's making it beautiful. Just like a car person is making their car beautiful. God is able to take wherever you are in your relationships or in your life in general. And he's able to make it beautiful, able to make it brand new. That's what happens when you get born again. And so. As we've been talking in this series, we've been talking a lot about what it's supposed to look like and what God's design was. But what if you've been sitting there and like, man, I, I did not follow that. I didn't know that. Or maybe I did know that and I just didn't follow it because I was led by my feelings. Now what? Now what do I do? Well, I want to share a story with you about a lady that Jesus had an interaction with who had the same story. And I want to show you how Jesus treated her. Because here's the good news. Jesus doesn't just treat one person nicely and doesn't treat another person the same. If Jesus is able to extend this, this grace and forgiveness to this lady in the Bible, and that's why the story is here, you are able to have access to that same deal. Whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in your attitude, you can apply this however you want. We're specifically talking about relationships, but it can apply however you want. We're in John chapter 4. This is a little bit of a long story here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this, but I want you guys to, to kind of try to keep tracking with me, all right? So Jesus is on his way to a specific town, 
And he's got a, he's, he's, he, it's a long walk. And if you, it, like back in Jesus' day, they didn't have cars. They didn't have all that kind of stuff. They had to walk everywhere. If I have to walk like to my mailbox, I'm like, God, oh, I need a bottle of water. Like, you know, like walking is terrible, right? But these guys, I mean, they had to walk hundreds and hundreds of miles sometimes. And so he's on his way to this city and he stops by this well. And this well, obviously, is where you get some, you, you, it's, it's like old times. So it's where you get some food, some drink, right? So we're talking about Jesus. He said, verse four, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near a field of Jacob that uh, near the field that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. I'm going to skip down. So he's sitting at this well and there's this lady that comes by. And this lady is what they call Samaritan. Now, Jesus was a Jew. It's kind of like saying you're an American. There's people who are Chinese. There was the Samaritans and there was the Jews. Right. And these people did not connect well. They, they, they would actually go out of their way to try to avoid people, avoid each other. So the very fact that Jesus is even talking to this lady because she's from Samaria is, is mind-boggling in and of itself because Jesus is a Jew, okay? So we've got this lady who stops and, 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 and Jesus is at this, uh, at this well, verse 7. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw some water. And Jesus said, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to, into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So she said, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask for me, ask me and I would give you water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. She said, this well is very deep. Where would we get this living water? Besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestors, Jacob, who gave us this well? Verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks of this water will soon become thirsty again. I want you to think about that. Anybody who drinks of this water will soon become thirsty again. Now, what's happening here is the lady's talking about just like water. Like I'm thirsty. There's a well. And Jesus started the conversation there. But then he's now switching to talk to her spiritual condition, her spiritual state. Because Jesus asked for some water because his physical body was thirsty. But then he recognized this girl needs something more. And he starts to use this well as an analogy. So Jesus is now saying, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But, uh, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water and then I'll never be thirsty again. And I'll never have to come here to get water. Jesus said, go and get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right. You have had, you don't have a husband. You have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman responded, you must be a prophet. And then she goes on to ask him some questions about, about religion and such. But here's what I want you to get, get, get out of this. This lady, this woman had a past. She had issues. She didn't just have one husband or one, you know, breakup, one issue, one deal. She had five different husbands already. And then the person that she was currently living with wasn't even her husband. So to say that she was not doing things God's way was a complete understatement. This woman right here has, was, was the example of not doing things God's way. But then you got Jesus here. And so Jesus has this perfect opportunity to be able to set her straight, right? See, we have this idea that God wants to just set, put us in our place, right? That God has got this big checklist of all these things that we're doing wrong, and he just wants to just, just put us in our place and tell us what we're doing wrong. Man, that's not what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Jesus offered her everything of himself. 
Jesus offered her the ability to never have to. Now, now she was thinking that she, that he was talking about just like not being thirsty, you know, with water. But he was saying, look, girl, you're obviously searching for something. You've been through five husbands. You're obviously searching for something that's he didn't call her, you know, bad names or whatever that would happen in high school. He, he recognized what the true situation was. Here's the first thing that we got to understand. We are all thirsty. You guys know that? And I'm not I'm not just. I'm not just talking about like water. I need, a, I need a bottle or something like that. We are all thirsty for one thing, for love. Every one of us, look, you are designed to need love. Amen. But see, the problem that happens in our life is we don't know how to get to the true love. And so what we start doing is we start, because we've got this thirst, we've got this, this, this deal. How many of you guys hate being thirsty? It's like, like you got like, it's a hot day and you've been running around. It's like, you will drink anything. Like, like, you know, if you get thirsty enough, some of us would probably even drink some of the water that's in our water fountains. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. Like if you get, I know it's terrible. If you're, if you're not that thirsty, if you're not that thirsty, you're like, oh, it's, you know, it's, I'm not going to drink that ever because it's terrible. It tastes like blood. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with our water. I don't know what it is. But listen, I guarantee you, if I locked you guys in this room for four days or for three days and you started getting really thirsty, I bet your perspective would change on that water fountain out there. It would taste terrible, but you would, you would be so thirsty that you'd be like, man, I got to get some water. I'll even drink. I'll drink. I'll drink, you know, out of a puddle that's got mud in it. I'll drink whatever, whatever it is. Look, here's the thing. In the same way, when it comes to relationships, you were built to have relationships. And the problem is a lot of us, because we maybe didn't get love from our parents or maybe we've got some insecurity deals or whatever, and we just so desired, we were so thirsty, we just needed that affirmation. So we started to get, uh, get the, the, the love that we needed to get from God. We started to get it in the wrong way. We started to go to the wrong places. It's kind of like if I, if I got really thirsty, then I'm like, man, I need to find some antifreeze. If I drink some antifreeze, that, no, just because it's a liquid doesn't mean it's going to cure your thirst, right? So here's, here's the thing. God understands that he built you that way. God understands that, that your need is love. We are all thirsty. And here's the deal. When it comes to this woman, Physically speaking, she had to constantly come back to that same well over and over and over to get her thirst to be quenched. And it would be quenched for a little while, but then she would go away and then she would get thirsty again and she would have to come back to that same well. So that's why when Jesus said, hey, I got some living water that you'll never thirst again. She was like, I'm about that. I hate this journey. This trip to this well is long. It's tiring. It's tough. I don't ever want to come back here. Now, she was still thinking like, the, like her physical, but what Jesus was saying is, look, you are spiritually going back to the same well, trying to love, trying to find love in the same area, and where you're looking, it's not going to work. Look, there's a lot of you guys out here, you are going back to the same well in your life, and you're trying to find love in that area, and Jesus is, is, is this is a moment where you are sitting at that same place. You need to picture yourself sitting at that well, 
And Jesus is sitting across from you, but maybe your well isn't going to be filled with water like that. Maybe, how are you trying to fill your love that it seems like you have to come back to over and over and over and over? Maybe it's that abusive relationship. Maybe it's porn. Maybe it's whatever it is. Man, what is it that you have to go back to? And it's like, man, it, it quenches for a little bit, but then it's, it just doesn't last. And Jesus is saying, look, it's because you have a legitimate need inside you. That only I can third, I can quench. I'm the only one. Look, I want, I, want to, I want to show you something. These wells that were in these people's lives, whenever they had to go get water, it wasn't like that, you know, in our house, you know, the furthest walk we had to go to is like to a, a faucet. It's like 20 feet from wherever we're at, right? These guys to get water, they would sometimes have to walk miles to get to their water, right? It was tiring to quench that thirst. It was a deal. It was exhausting. But here's the good news. The same is true when it comes to, to our life, when our, to our spiritual life. You can try to quench your thirsts, but it's going to be exhausting. It's going to be tiring. You're going to want to have rest. I mean, but the good news is, is Jesus is everywhere, which means right where you are, there he is. So you don't have to go through some tiresome journey to go back to that well that doesn't actually quench your thirst because Jesus is right there. You can be on your bed. You can be in your car. You can be in school. And if you begin to get that love from God, that's going to be what fills you up. So the first step in, in, in accepting the grace of God is realizing this. God loves you guys. Look, God, do you know, Jesus said this. I don't come to condemn the world. You know what condemn means? Condemn means to give you a punishment, to say you're going to hell. This, you, these are all your sins. These are all your issues. Jesus didn't come for that. Do you know what Jesus came to show you? That just as you are right now, in all of your, your, your sexual issues, all of your mess ups, all of your, your, your mistakes, your loneliness, your whatever, just as you are right now, Jesus loves you more than he ever has. So much so that he died for you to show you how much he loves you. Look, when it comes to your mess ups, when it comes to your past, it doesn't matter anymore. Where are you going to go to get that thirst quenched? Stop going back to that specific well that you keep trying to get the, you're trying to draw that love out of. I want you to think about that. Close your eyes right now. And I want you to identify Where's the areas, maybe for some of you it's just one area, maybe for some of you it's a few. Where are the areas you're trying to get that love drawn up to quench that thirst you have? Now how can you start, stop making the journey to that well and start making the journey to Jesus? Look, some of you guys, are, you want to get out of these bad relationships you're in, but you don't know how. The only way is that whenever you get a reality of how much Jesus loves you, when you get your security from him. Some of you guys, you're like, man, I just, I got to stop looking to stop. What, whatever the deal is, I can make up a million different, different avenues here. Those are just two examples. If you understand how much Jesus loves you, then all that stuff doesn't matter anymore because now your security is in him and nothing else. Jesus wants to offer you water that lasts. Jesus wants to offer you water that lasts. What does that look like? It's not going back to that same well. I, there was something, I, I want to pull this out. Jesus said this to her, and, and i never seen this in this story before, but it, it, it really stuck out to me. 
We're in verse 10 and Jesus, Jesus is talking to the woman and he says, Jesus answered and he said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And what I saw there in, re, in relation to our spiritual lives and, and the, the deal, if you only knew what would happen, if you would just give your life to Jesus, man, it would be, it would change your world. If you would just leave that well that you keep going back to, that you keep, if you only knew what lies, be, what lies behind that well, you would drop it in a second. If you knew the love that wasn't just a, a fake love, it wasn't just a, a, a manufactured love, a love that is, is conditional, if you knew what was behind that well that you, yeah, the well may be, be easily accessible, but if you knew the person behind it, You'd leave it in a second. Try it. Jesus wants to give you true satisfaction. Look what the woman did. I love this. I love this. I've never seen this part either. Some of you guys need to catch this. Verse 28. This is what the woman, what happens to the woman. It says, then leaving her water jar. Never saw that phrase in this before. Leaving her water jar. She went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? You know what I see happening here? This lady realizes this Jesus is different. And she realizes that this well that I have continually gone back to over and over and over to get this thirst to go away, I don't need it anymore. So much to the point that I don't need this anymore that I'm going to leave my water pot here. I'm going to set this thing down because this doesn't have to be attached to my life anymore. Why? Because I got Jesus and that man's going to be anywhere where I am. And you've got to leave your water. You've got, to, you've got to fully sell out to this deal because look, when you understand what Jesus is offering you, when you get an understanding of his love, that his love is unconditional. Man, we are so conditioned to conditional love. Like, I will only love you if you get good grace. I will only love you if you, you know, fill in the blank. I will only love you if you basically love me. Jesus, what unconditional love means is no matter how you act, you're going to act like an enemy towards him. No matter how you act, he is going to love you. What does it mean to love? He's going to be patient towards you. He's going to be kind towards you. He's going to be all the things that we talked about a couple weeks ago. So what does this lady do? She recognizes that Jesus is enough. I'm going to leave my water pot here. Because I don't ever have to come back. I won't need it. I don't have to. Look, I don't need it anymore. I don't need to go back to this well. What does it look like for you to leave your water pot there? You don't need those friends. You don't need that boyfriend. You don't need that girlfriend. You don't need... You only need Jesus. Look, if you've got Jesus with you, there is no need that can't be met in your life. Even physically, think about it. What, do you guys know that there was a time when, when there was like 5,000 people sitting up on this hill, listening to Jesus, and then all of a sudden, this is how it's like, man, we got to feed these guys. Oh, cool. What do we got? Well, we've only got a couple of loaves of bread and a couple of loaves of fish. Fish. Perfect. Got a couple happy meals. Fantastic. All right. So what did he do? He just multiplied them. Just multiplied. See, when I'm, with, when I'm with Jesus, I don't even have to worry about my physical health. Because if I'm with Jesus, he can do some miracle stuff in, in my life. Even, I, I don't even have to worry about my food. 
Bible says don't even worry about your clothing. Don't worry about all of these things that unbelievers worry about. Why? Because if you're seeking God, he's able to give them all to you. Maybe not in the way that you think it's going to happen, but it's going to give it to you. Look at, if you look at the Israelites, he rained down, he rained down. Like think about, how many of you guys saw the snow last, last night, a couple, or yesterday? It was like crazy, right? God rained down this stuff called manna. Which is like this food, man means what is it? They didn't know what it was. It just would like, oh, just appear. Every day it would just appear. Look, when you have Jesus in your life, you don't need anything. This lady realized that so much to the point where she said, I don't need this water pot. Set that right there. So I'm never happy to come back to that thing again. You know why I don't need that? Because I'm never going to have to come to this well again. Because I got Jesus. Your relationship. I mean, some of you guys are so worried. Hey, you're not going to find the one. Like, what if I miss the one? I just need my, I need my husband. I need my wife. I need that one person. Look, look, if you got Jesus. You don't need that. <laughs> okay. If you've got Jesus in your world, he's going to bring the one in your life at the right time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys, I thought I was going to be married at like, 20 or 19. Like I thought I was going to find somebody at Bible school and, you know, but it wasn't until like, what, 24, 25, I, f- I found Stacia, 26. I was 26. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 26. Like I was an old dude. That was, let me tell you what guys, that was not my plan. 26 was not my plan, but I got the woman of my dreams sitting back there and I wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, give it up for my wife. Come on. <laughs> I wouldn't trade her for anything. It was worth the wait. It was, I'll put it this way. Listen. Shh. It was worth doing things God's way. It's worth doing things your way. You can go for instant, instant gratification or you can go for long-term satisfaction. Which do you want? I'm telling you, the long-term satisfaction is better. I want to end with this. If you don't believe me with this one story, I want to show you another. Because I love what happens at the end of this. It's John, same, same book. It's a few chapters later, different woman. Chapter, chapter 8, verse 1. Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. So at dawn, uh, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the, Fer- of, of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group, and Jesus said, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses commands us to stone her, which means basically to kill her. Not basically, it means to kill her. <laughs> now, what do you say we do? So we've got Jesus here. You've got the Pharisees who are saying, legitimately, the law of Moses said this girl needs to die because she was caught in the act of adultery. She had a past. She messed up. She was caught in the middle of the act. Like, it's no, no denying it. I want you to see how Jesus responds to her. Listen, somebody needs to hear this. But Jesus bent down and started writing the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said, let any of you who's without sin be the first one to throw a stone at her. And then he stooped down and started writing on the ground again. At this, those who heard began to move away one at a time, older ones first until all of them left except Jesus and the woman. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, sir. And he said this, neither do I condemn you. Now go and leave your life of sin. I want to point out two things, and we're going to end tonight. 
Jesus said, any of you guys who are without sin, any of you guys who are without sin, you can be the first one to throw the first stone. Can I ask you a question? Who was without sin? Jesus. Jesus. Do you know what that means? That by Jesus, by what Jesus just qualified, he could have began to condemn her and throw the first stone, and it would have been completely okay because he wasn't he was without sin. But what was his response? He said, he didn't, he didn't say, Oh, you stupid woman, why would you? He didn't even make her feel stupid. He could have killed her because of her sin. He could have, you know, just completely just blasted her. But he didn't. He said, neither do I punish you. Neither do I condemn you. Let me put it this way. Listen. Neither do I hold this against you. But then he did add, but stop sinning because if you keep doing that, you're going you're gonna to run into some issues. It's not that Jesus wants you to be allowed to continue in it because like we talked about a few weeks ago, God's all about boundaries. Boundaries are what? They're for our protection, not, for, not because he doesn't like us, right? So he told the woman, hey, just please stop sinning because if you keep sinning, then there might be that one time where you end up with a big issue and, and, and you're going to have some consequences you have to deal with. Can you please stop that? That's why I laid these boundaries out. But he also said, I'm not going to stone you. I'm not going to make you feel terrible about yourself. I'm going to let you go free. And he had the ability to do all of those things. And it would have been perfectly okay. Don't you guys buy it? Close your eyes today. Actually, do you want to do it after? I want you guys to think about your life. And I want you to realize this, no matter, we're, we're talking in the, in the context of sin and, you know, I'm sorry, in the context of uh, relationships and messing up, you know, whatever that looks like. But this applies across the board. Maybe your whole life's a mess up. Maybe your whole life is whatever. I'm telling you, just like that lady, who Jesus said, I don't condemn you either. Just like that same lady. Jesus is standing in, the, in, in front of you saying, hey, I don't condemn you. You need to stop. I don't condemn you. Have you given your life to him? Have you given your life to Jesus? So many of you guys are searching for love, and I'm telling you, the only place you'll find it, and that's a well that you don't have to go back to, is Jesus. You can leave your pot here tonight. You can leave your, you can leave your water jug here tonight. You can, just like that lady... In the first story, you can leave it here right now and never have to go back. And it's going to be a love that, that completely satisfies you for the rest of your life. You've never done that before. You've never given your life to that love. And that love's name is Jesus. You've never surrendered yourself. Because here's the other part. Love doesn't force. Jesus will never force himself into your, into your heart. You have to invite him in. You have to open the door. If you want to open the door tonight, to Jesus. Can I see your hand so we can pray with you? Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. You believe the same. Repeat this after me. Say, Jesus. Thank you for on the cross for me. I accept your love. From this point forward, I'm living for you for all of my life because you gave your life for me. I believe that you died on the cross. Rose again. Rose again. In Jesus' name. <coughs>
And uh, I want you guys to stay real still, stay real still. Shh. Well, Ian asked if you could share for uh, just a second, so why don't you welcome up yeah. my awesome nephew, Ian. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. So I just want to uh, start off. Uh, who here thinks that they have their life like fully thought out, everything's going to happen? No one? Because I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you guys right now. Now, how many of you guys think that your life is just like an absolute mess right now? Yeah, same, same boat as you. All right, I just want to share a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of you probably know me, but I don't think a lot of you really know like my story and everything. Um, so I basically grew up in this church probably since I was four. And I think I started leaving, coming in and out a lot about when I was 15, just started getting a lot of bad things and stuff, you know, typical teenager stuff, like you guys did it, right? And, um, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to let, let you know, uh, this last year on me, uh, if you know me, has you, it's pretty obvious to tell that it's been uh, pretty rough on me. Uh, just kind of fell out of church for a really, really good amount of time, not really coming back, just you know, basically collapsed and didn't really know what I was doing with my life or anything. And uh, that led me to a really big, really big state of like depression and just not not wanting to do anything. That led to a lot of uh, drinking and, and, and drugs and stuff and got really big in that stuff more than, it got to the point where I'd rather do that than to live, basically. Like, it, it was, it was pretty bad for a while. And, um, uh, yeah, I just I just want to like let you guys know that uh, if you ever need anyone to talk about that stuff, or if you ever need someone just to open up to, just I'm I'm here for you guys because I know these these this past year has been it's been rough, and um, I've been getting better lately, but I'm still on a rough path, still hanging out with the wrong people. Still, it, I'm still in now, but uh, I always seem to find my way back here for some reason, and it just it means a lot to me that you guys are uh, you guys are always here for me. And I know that uh, Mary and Bree and Tommy and Jaden are always texting me, "Hey, glad you came. It's, it's awesome to see you here." And uh, <laughs> I know that just means a lot to me more than you guys know, and I just want to thank you guys and. And that if you ever need anything, just stop by, talk to me. I'm, I'm always here. I don't care if you text me at 2 o'clock, I'll just wake me up and I'll talk to you guys. And that's fine. Right, uh, before I let you guys go, I'm going to have to ask you guys to do one thing. You, all of you have a piece of paper or a phone. So if you have a phone, get it out for me right now. Give me out your phone. I'm going to need you to go with notes. I'm gonna need you to go into your notes or text message your best buddy, everybody, okay? I'm going to simplify the toys messages and so we can go on there next week acting on it, okay? This is important. I want you guys to get this. Right now, write down what your well is. Write down what you think it might be. Write down all of them, okay? Write down what your well is. Alright, write down what you, what you keep going back to. What you constantly find yourself being in. What do you keep going back to? So if you don't have paper, 
right. Now once you have that written down, text it to somebody and tell them exactly what it is, all right? I'm gonna have to ask you guys to be a little bit open with each other, all righty? Text it to somebody and then pray on it, okay? And then we're gonna hop back in scripture. Leave your bucket there. Leave your water bucket, all righty? That's all I've got for you guys are dismissed.